What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us on whatever platform that may be. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, the NFL season is officially here. Tyler will debut the first TSK Show NFL power rankings of the season and will also preview week one as we talk about some of the big matchups to kick off the new season. All this and more on episode 210 of the Sports Kingdom Show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 210 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? Good, man. It was a good weekend of drafts. Yes. You know, we, we're we set up. We're ready to go. Everybody knows who they got. Yes. You had your uh, Blue Dog League and, the, of course, the TSK Show Fantasy Football League draft. Yep. Uh, those were over the weekend. I had my three Fantasy Football League drafts, including, obviously, the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. Um, Tyler, what's your team name? in the in the blue dog league before we before we move on real quick i always love going over fantasy team names just because i love seeing people's creativity yeah you know i've been trying i've actually been reading a bunch because i was able to get russ wilson and dk okay in all that right league uh oh so you went that you went the hometown handcuff with i've been that. i've been i've been researching uh seahawk names and there there's some good ones out there but i still haven't found the just still haven't found the right one okay I I've rolled with the big Gronkowski for so many years. But yes, I feel like it's finally time to hang hang that name up. Are you rolling with that in the TSK show league then, or are you hanging it up in that league too? No, no, no. I'm Uncle Tyler in the big Gronkowski. Okay. Or in in our league, I'm 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 Uncle Tyler, not big Gronkowski. All right, perfect. In my three leagues, uh, in I have Saquon Barkley in two out of three leagues, so that was, could be promising. I was thinking about the TSK show, just rolling with. Kyler, I mean Tyler. You definitely could go with that. I love that. That's a good one. But so I got two Saquon Barkley names for the other leagues that I'm in uh besides the TSK show fantasy football league. One is Defquan twenty six. So of yeah. course like Defcon yeah. Defcon four, like the That's a good one. The military term. That's actually a recycled name from last year that I used because I had Saquon last year and then he tore his ACL. So hopefully it doesn't give me a curse yeah. again this year. Um then the other name that I have, I got Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes on that team as well, in addition to Saquon Barkley. So I went with a Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley name, and I went with Barking Up the Wrong Hill. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And then I like that one. In the TSK Show Fantasy Football League, 
and unfortunately, as much as I hate to say this, it's it's the team I'm most disappointed in. I, I don't think I have the best chance in the TSK Show League this year, Tyler. Uh, but I have Juju Smith-Schuster on that team. And I took him away from you, uh, even though you traded him last year at yep. one point. He was uh, a keeper at one point for me. Yes. Uh, but because I'm disappointed in my team, I'm, I'm starting off with the with the name Down the Schuster in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League, hopefully to, to kind of reverse psychology myself into uh, actually producing some wins with with that team. I, yeah, I mean, I think you're I think you're being too hard on yourself with the team. There's a lot of promise. <laughs> there is, and with the news that Le'Veon Bell got picked up by the by the Baltimore Ravens, I scooped him up in all three of my leagues. So hopefully that can work out well for me at some point. I, I'm not starting him obviously week one because we don't know what his status is with with the team. But once he makes it makes it on the roster and and is ready, we'll see what he can do out there. Yeah, I mean, top to bottom, your your team's solid. Like, there's not a big glaring weakness. It's just like... No, my running backs are my weakness, Tyler. We know this. You don't have to sugarcoat it for the people. No, I mean, it. It. it I mean, it is your weakness in the sense it's like the, the worst position group, but you also have, you know, some promise there with Kareem Hunt and Miles Sanders are pretty solid. We shall see. We shall see. But all right, before... But Kareem Hunt, I mean, he's part of the best duo in the league. Yes, he is. And, he, and D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart had value all those years. And listen, he... I think they're very similar. And Miles Sanders is is playing on a young, dynamic offense. So people have been waiting for Miles Sanders to turn into like a top 10 fantasy guy. And Kareem Hunt will definitely steal some touchdowns from Nick Chubb. So they, they work way closer to 50-50 than people realize. Exactly. So, all right, before we talk about week one of the NFL, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs, whether you're buying, selling, or looking to rent here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020 about that action boss you play to win the game hello you play to win the game that's why we took the damn field i'm just here so i won't get fired great cash homie but they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook that's as good an effort as i've ever seen in my life from a running back don't you ever talk about me wilson toward the end zone the hold is down the kick clears the line and greg Zerline sends the rams to the super bowl are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. All right, Tyler. The time is finally here. We've been waiting all summer. It's the first, now technically second week of December, I guess. Or September, excuse me. Getting ahead of myself. But uh, Tyler. It's time to reveal the first TSK show NFL power rankings of the yeah. season. Yep. These these ones are always hard coming into the first game of the season. Um I looked at I looked after I did mine, I looked at uh ESPNs and I had some teams. I got some teams in my my top ten that are in like they're in like the bottom fifteen of, of ESPN's rankings. So Oh geez, Tyler. It's, wow. It's pretty different. And and uh, my Team number ten, I'm pretty confident in, and uh, this is this is kind of they were ranked like 18th in in ESPN, but I'm going with the the Los Angeles Chargers at okay. number ten. 
All right. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, I think, mixed emotions with the Chargers. Yeah. People think it could be the same old Chargers, but then there's also a good amount of people that are expecting Justin Herbert to to make a jump this year. And we got first year head coach Brandon Staley. We I could see people it, having high hopes for the Chargers. Uh, I got high hopes. I mean, I I if Herbert makes any sort of jump, it's going to be he's going to be an extremely high talent which I think he's going to be. So Herbert Herbert coming into his own. They've got an A1 quarterback, one of the best throwers in the league. Big big outside receivers, um good running back, good defense, good edge guys. Derwin James is coming back off injury. Um I just I mean I I think uh I think the Chargers are are primed up to compete in the AFC for one of those wild cards. Unfortunately, they are in the Chiefs division, so that's I, the I, toughest toughest thing they got going for them is they can't really win their division this year. Realistically, yeah, yeah, and the AFC is pretty deep this year, so they're definitely going to be. Uh, it's definitely going to be tough, but I think that at the end of the year they're going to be one of the playoff teams. Uh, coming in at number nine, I got the Baltimore Ravens. This the Ravens. I I went back between like the Ravens and some of the NFC West teams. I like the Ravens because they're the Ravens. It's the same, you know, it's it's a brand of football. It's it's kind of, you know, what you're going to get physical, running the ball, Lamar Jackson, but they just haven't impressed with, with their passing game. And, and it's tough to be, you know, a Super Bowl contender being one-dimensional. You know, Lamar's great, but their receivers aren't necessarily the best. Uh, although I think Sammy Watkins is going to have a big-time year, and that was a really good pickup, but... We need Hollywood Brown to kind of like step up and be a playmaker for this team to really be like a threat. Um, really good defense as always, good coaching, uh, and they got Lamar. Um, Interesting. I'm I'm kind of surprised you actually had them in the top ten. I thought they might have been one of your bubble teams. They because, were. They for sure were because of the the loss of uh, J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins and Justice Hall. So I mean those those are two big losses in the running games. I mean obviously losing J.K. Dobbins, their young stud running back, who they were was, were hoping was going to take a jump, kind of like they're hoping Hollywood Brown takes this year. Um, but I mean I don't know. I don't know if I could put the Ravens in the top ten. No, this is definitely. I mean nine is definitely kind of you know like I'm That's not pushing too sure it. about. Especially think, if you're I not think, sure about the Chargers. I, I well see I'm more I feel confident in the Chargers, but I'm go like they haven't shown me what they can do yet. right they, they don't but have the an NFL mvp on their team the ravens are kind of the other way of that like the ravens have showed me they can win but coming into the season it's i mean they're still ranked their espn has them ranked fifth wow you know, wow that's I, shocking yeah that's kind of that's kind of how i felt so um okay all right i mean ravens i, I feel nine. much better about I, you putting them at nine than espn at five well, I think a lot of this goes into quarterback play. I mean, a quarterback, of course. And, and moving into number eight is is the Seattle Seahawks, and, and a lot of that has to do with quarterback play, offense, scoring the ball. This is a completely different Seahawks team um, from like two, three years ago. This is an offensive team. This is a high scoring team. This is a passing offense. Um, defense is not necessarily what we're going to hang our hat on. Although we have stars and pillars like Bobby and Jamal Adams that can make you know, these other players' jobs easier. Uh, but purely off of having, you know, an MVP caliber quarterback, I think Seahawks are a top 10 team. Um, do and, you do you think that the Seahawks give Russell a lot more control? I don't want to say control of the offense, but more like leeway to do, like do what he wants kind of after everything that happened in the offseason? 
just kind of let lets him lets him be more free and lets his let him make the decisions. Um, I think that he's always he's he's got a he's got a football mind. I think that he's gonna want to run the ball. I mean, running the ball helps him out. So in that sense, like he's gonna have some freedom and some and some pull and some say into the play calling. But I don't know if that's necessarily gonna change much because they're gonna throw. I mean, we're gonna throw it more than than we typically have in this first ten years in the league. Well, especially uh, after you've seen the development of DK Metcalf, and obviously you still got Tyler Lockett and everything. Yeah, we have big time outside receivers and a great quarterback. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I think that they do give him a little power and a little leeway and and some influence in the play calling. But I don't know if Russell's gonna. I don't know if that means Russell's going to just switch it up and kind of just go. You don't know if that necessarily necessarily makes the difference. Yeah, and I, I think that he likes the run game because he knows it makes his job easier. And you know, it's going to be the same old, same old. Where he's going to be ex- trying to extend plays and hold on the ball. He's going to get sacked. That's just what that's that's what's going to happen. That's his play style. So uh, people will freak out about sacks numbers with Russell forever, but Russell understands. Uh, Still never had a losing season. Russell understands. He knows why he gets sacked. That this, this is it's kind of you know what you take what you can get. Um, those those plays are also touchdowns. So uh, coming in at number seven, I've got the Tennessee Titans. To me, the Titans are kind of like they're kind of scary. I, I mean, I've I've been wrong on them the last couple of years. They've been a playoff team, perennial playoff team now for two three years. Um, they win a lot of regular season football games. They've Made got, it to the AFC Championship game. They've got Derrick Henry. They've got a, they've got a young, like energetic coach and Brable. Uh, they picked up Julio Jones to help on the outside. Um, but I've also seen Derrick Henry have kind of just throwaway years. I've seen Julio have throwaway years. I've Ryan seen, Tannehill. I've seen Tannehill have throwaway <laughs> years. So um, look at the start of his career. This is a, this, this Titans team is truly a team that could go back to the AFC Championship game, or they can miss the playoffs. It, they're they're a little hard. I'm I'm just not super confident um, in their ability to win a bunch of football games because they. I mean, I don't honestly. I don't know why. Why? What it is? I can't trust well, about the Titans. But well, let me try and talk you off the ledge. I've kind of, I've kind of, I've kind of pushed for them not to make the playoffs the last couple of years, and they keep making the playoffs. So well, but don't you think the addition of Julio Jones? Just makes everybody's job on the offense easier. Yeah, I mean AJ Brown's uh, AJ Brown's uh, job's gonna be a lot easier. Obviously Ryan Tannehill and then Derrick Henry. I mean, it, it's as simple as this. If they've got seven guys in the box, you're you're gonna give it to Derrick Henry every fucking snap. It's it's gonna be unstoppable if you if you try to play seven in the box and if you go eight in the box and try to try to stop the run. You Julio, can go over the top with AJ Julio, Brown and Julio Jones. Those are those are big time outside receivers, true number one guys. So my biggest question uh, with the Tennessee Titans is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, King Henry. It's, it's these physical backs. You, you just never know when they hit a wall. Um, although I I don't think that Derrick Henry is going to take a step back this year. Um, you just never know. I really think that this team has such a huge range in where they could finish. I mean, I really sure. could see twelve wins. And five wins. I, I I just we'll we'll have to see. Um, coming in at number six, this is a team that I think was ranked twenty. Wow. Um, on ESPN. Yeah, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think people are really low on the Steelers just because of Ben Roethlisberger's age, but he's still out there. He's still game manager. They've got they've got weapon they've got weapons on offense. They've got one of the most prolific defenses in the league. Their defense has led the league in sacks the last four years. Um, so, I mean, they've been absolutely dominant in the pass rush. So I think just the mix of being able to 
you know, dominate the pass rush, play defensive football, bank and control the ball. We saw it last year. They became a little one-dimensional with the quick pass, but I, I got to imagine that they're going to build off of that this year because, I mean, what, they start 13-0 and last year? Yeah, they yeah. I believe and, so. And, and then people figured them out. I mean, they figured out that, you know, Ben Ben wasn't holding on to the ball at all. So, Well, and then he uh, got hurt. It, so it's like, I think that, you know, you build off of the short pass game, which you were you were great at last year, and you've got to add something to it. And if they add something to it, they're just right back to being the, the Steelers of old, the Steelers that we know, just a dominant football team. They've got a new rookie running back that could be a stud, Najee Harris. Um, so I like the Steelers to be to be way better than than everything every projection i've seen well and i think i think they're another team that kind of has this us against the world mentality coming into this season there was a lot of talk with juju smith schuster with all of his antics off the field chase claypool was the young receiver who as a rookie took the spotlight from juju smith schuster and now he's trying to obviously compete uh competitively as a teammate with juju smith schuster for catches and receptions and all of that type of stuff but it's I think the Steelers could be a great team this year if Ben Roethlisberger can stay healthy. Yeah, I think he's I mean, still got, yeah, what it, ben, what ben's got, got some left in the tank. Yeah, Ben's got to be out there, and he's got to be decent. You know, I like Deontay Johnson. That, yeah. That he's been a really, like, dynamic football player for them in the slot. So, And on defense, T.J. Watt is looking like a defensive player of the year candidate. Always. I know. I know they lost Bud Dupree, but... I mean, I think that's going to be an opportunity for T.J. Watt to really showcase himself. And then they also got Joe Hayden coming back on a one-year prove-it deal because they couldn't figure out what was... Mika uh, Fitzpatrick, who's one of the best defensive football players in the league. Exactly. They've got a lot going on for him. And I think, you know, also, regardless of the name, similar to like a Seahawks and a Ravens, they have a brand of football. And so I think that on a baseline with with this, you know a rock solid franchise and good coaching you're gonna you just have a baseline mike tomlin's one of the longest tenured coaches in the league second second longest is he behind pete he's behind the he's this guy named bill belichick oh duh hello uh (laughs) so coming in the top five (laughs) wow the top five i was a little more confident about i feel like my back five was kind of stabby um top five is pretty solid Uh, i'm gonna start out with the buffalo bills yeah, all everyone right. kind of knows what the Bills are about this year. It's the, kind of the new NFC East thing. That'd Josh, Josh, Al- it, sorry, it's the new AFC East thing. It's okay, we both just forgot things about the AFC East right now. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen's going to be an MVP candidate. I mean, that's what a lot of people are saying. So this is my pick, and I think that I think that there's there's a lot to that. I mean, he's he's going to throw up huge numbers. He's got great. Great outside receivers. I mean, they have they have uh, they have four receivers. that are going to play a lot of snaps. Cole Beasley's a great slot. Gabriel Davis is a big guy on the outside. And then of course you got a you got a true number one, Stephon Diggs. And they're also another team that has a really good combination of running backs. They don't they don't necessarily lean on one guy with uh, Singletary and Moss. And then we know what that Bills defense is going to do. And Kind of like the Steelers and and the Seahawks and the Ravens, you know that home crowd, those elements of the weather. Bills defense, Mafia is no defensive joke. Defensive football, the 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 crowds back. The Bills are going to be tough come December. I mean, I do not want to play the I do not want to play in Buffalo in December and January, and that's when games count. So, uh, I got the Bills in the top five. Coming in at number four, I've got the Browns. I got the Cleveland Browns. Wow, Cleveland Browns are are. Um, they got the monkey off their back. They did the thing they needed to do. They went to the playoffs. They, they they kind of 
they've kind of gotten over that hump to where I think that it's safe to rank these guys as a top-tier team now. It's not just like a hopeful thing. They've got stars at running back. They've got stars at wide receiver. I, I love Baker Mayfield. It's his first time getting getting a head coach two years in a row in the league. So he's going to run the same offense he ran last year. Um, one of the best Ed Rushing combos in the league, which Davion and Miles Garrett. There's not a lot of holes on this Browns football team. Really, the only reason why people don't want to jump all the way on the bad bandwagon is because of the logo. I mean, yeah, it's the Browns. They're the Cleveland Browns. So um, I got them at four, but I truly do believe that they're they're right there with the Bills, Seahawks, or Bills Steelers as a team that's going to push for the Chiefs. They See, can score the points, uh, which oh, you have yeah. to, I think that you have to be able to score points to be the Chiefs, and that's kind of the mark. They definitely have the ability to put up a lot of points, and that's, like you said, exactly what you need to do to compete against the Chiefs. Now, looking at the power rankings so far and, and kind of my thinking on, on the teams that we've kind of talked about already, I might have probably put the Browns in the 9 or 10 slot and probably bumped the Ravens and Chargers out just because, yes, the Browns got their monkey off the back, their back last season. Let's see if they can do it again. You know what I'm saying? Which is, which is always hard, but there, it's also, you know, it's also easier than if you didn't make it last year. I think that there's For sure there's it's some, easier if they didn't make it progress. last year. You've made some progress. You got some, some experience. There's some things you can build off of. There's some things you know you can do. But now there's expectations in Cleveland. And, I mean... The Steelers came out and sat their starters at week 17, and 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 then the Browns absolutely just trashed them in the first round. So, yeah, uh, I think that I think that the Browns are ready ready to go and ready to to really push for some uh, a Super Bowl run, which is crazy, crazy to say that. Um, coming in at number three, I think my top three is pretty unanimous. Uh, coming in at number three, I got the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Is it, we got a last dance scenario, the last chance, baby. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch the Packers. I think they're gonna be very similar to what they were last year. 12, 13 wins. They're gonna dominate that division. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is for sure gonna be an MVP candidate. So, not a lot to say about the Packers. I mean, it's not <laughs> there's not a ton of stuff that I love about the roster. Um, but outside of that that crown jewel and Aaron Rodgers, and he he really makes this franchise go. No, I mean Aaron Jones and David, uh, David Devonte, uh, Devonte Adams. Uh, I mean those are two perfect weapons to put put alongside Aaron Rodgers. I don't care who the who the hell is playing receiver out there. I mean he makes it happen. I mean we could get fucking. He got Randall Cobb coming back. Yeah, Randall Cobb's gonna be big time. Valdez Scantling, uh, Saint uh, Saint Brown, all those guys. All big those, Bob Tunyon, the tight end. Yeah, all those guys. I got him in a couple gonna, fantasy leagues. They're just gonna eat. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what play they run. Rogers gonna throw it to the open guy. So it's not gonna be like I need Devontae to beat his man on this. It's gonna be like either he beats his man, I throw it to him, or they double him and I throw it to the open guy. So yeah, Packers are gonna be an efficient winning football team, and then the top two guys. I got I got to go Bucks at two and Chiefs at one. I, the Bucks, I went back and forth with number one. It's pretty. I mean, it doesn't really matter where you place these two, but Bucks returning all twenty two starters is just unreal. Uh, especially on defense, to have eleven starters coming back on defense is is just crazy. Um, Tom Brady is is in a similar last dance scenario with Rodgers. You know, he's finally he's finally made some some comments that the end may be near. Well, and you know he's made 
He's made comments like, I got a couple couple left. And he's got the monkey off of his back of winning one without Belichick, so he, he doesn't need to check that off his list anymore. I could see I could see a walk-off if he won it this year. And I've been the guy for the last six, seven years, I thought Brady had five more in him well, every the, time. And the know? last teams to go back-to-back were his Patriots. And, I mean, what, I think Elway maybe went, went walked off back-to-back. You know, so it's well, he, like, I know he walked off winning one. I don't. I can't remember if it was back to back. Yeah, I wasn't alive for he, it. I don't he think. may have lost the first one, but um, you know, I could see him pulling a John Elway, Jerome Bettis, Ray Lewis. You know, just walk off. No, it was in ninety eight, ninety nine. Walked off on two time. Yep. Yeah. So Tom Brady. I mean, we could easily see him coming back next year, but... I think or, this, excuse me, 97-98. I think this is a very similar last dance scenario with the Packers as the Bucks and then Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are just kind of the mark. They're, they're where you want to get. Yeah, I mean... I think Patrick Mahomes is the favorite for, for MVP. Which, um, he, I mean, it's kind of like Chiefs, LeBron in the, yeah. in the NBA. You could give it to him every year. The Chiefs are the favorite to win it all in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I think probably going into week one, I probably would have had the Bucks at number one. But, I mean, hey, this is your power rankings. No, no, I mean, it, it's easy. I, I think you could really flip-flop anywhere around those. It, the returning all 22 starters is what really, like, does it for me. No, and, and I mean, that's that's big time. And they held the Chiefs to what, like? It was nine points. Nine points. I knew scored a touchdown. So, you could easily put the Bucks at one, but I got the Chiefs at number one for tonight. All right. Well, why don't you run it back real quick, one through ten, and and that'll wrap up the first NFL power rankings here for the TSK show for week one. All right. Well, I'll start at the top. We're going Chiefs and Bucks, Packers, Browns and Bills, Steelers, Titans, Seahawks, Ravens, Chargers. All right. Now, before we get into uh, some of the big games coming up here in week one that we're going to talk about, I wanted to to ask Tyler a question because obviously this is a a new year for the NFL and part of that new year is the addition of a game so there will be 18 weeks this year for the NFL there will be 17 games each team still only gets one bye week so that that doesn't change but the schedule has been extended so, Tyler, I, I'm curious because you played football growing up and at, at the high school and junior college level and all of that. I didn't. What is the biggest change in an actual adding of a game that teams will have to make this year? Because I think that's a huge adjustment. It is a huge adjustment. I mean, I guess the adjustment the adjustment is a little less um, – then the fatigue, I mean, it's a lot. That's a long, well, that's a long season. Well, that's where I think the, the change is going to have to come in is not necessarily maybe the players. Obviously, I think the players will have to change their routine and recovery and all of that to extend and prolong their ability to play the season. But I think the strategy aspect that the coaches are going to have to deal with in the extended season in that adding of another game, that strategy, the coaches are going to have to like think about yeah, you in, know, it's tough. Resting players and maybe someone gets hurt and their diagnosis is four to six weeks, but it's like, all right, we got that extra game at the end that we can maybe get them back into to playoff shape if it's a, a team that's in the hunt. Like, hey, we can get them a couple extra reps in the game to get them ready for the playoffs. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, I think that, you know, one, adding one week to a 17-week season is maybe not a huge, like, difference as far as, like, time goes. Um, it's one more game, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's it, But it it, it is more. Um, but it's not as much. I don't know if it's as much as the, the you know, I don't think they're going to change their routine much. Um, it's still the same amount of weeks for a season. They lost a preseason game. Yeah. It's just kind of bumped forward. Now we're like going to play all the way into February, which is, which is you know different. But we didn't start quite as early. I think that some of the things that you'll start seeing now with one more game is um, teams kind of dropping out of the playoffs earlier. I mean, when there's only so many games, it's like you can kind of get into the playoffs. Um, like at the very end, you know, like, we, oh, like you're saying people like we could see, you know, typically it's like, we'll see people sit maybe 17. Got it. It's like, let's say a team starts out one and three after the first four weeks of the season and they go on a three game win streak and get them to 500, but then they lose two more. It's like, all right, we're, we might be out of the playoff hunt kind of thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. That yeah, might not no, have been the right math kind of thing, but no, I think it's it's either side of the coin. You know, you could either fall out of the playoffs earlier, or you could hold on longer, right? Um, because you know you have more opportunities. But I think that the whole tanking, like like losing out on your season or 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 going for your season, that all that kind of dynamic might change. Just having one more game, um, and it's weird. I mean, having two regular season games in January. It's you know the cold weather months are going to be more important now. They're they're almost like more in the middle of the season where it's like we used to you know end the season at the end of December and then it was Christmas like, was the last week of the regular season basically. Yeah, and then it was like first week of February was like the Super Bowl. And now, I, so now, I was just now we're going to be in like the divisional rounds at the first week of February. Well, I was looking up the Super Bowl dates for this upcoming Super Bowl and it's February thirteenth, Sunday, February thirteenth, when it's normally like the first Sunday in February. So, you know, there's a couple weird little things, but like changing one game is tough. Like, is it going to have this huge dramatic difference? I don't know, but it's more just like, man, this is a long football season. It was a long football season beforehand. I mean, high school kids play 10 games. Yeah. College kids plays 12 games, you know, maybe 13 if they get to a bowl game. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like playoffs. I mean, high school, you could play, you know, 14 games in, in, in Washington State, where I played, you could play 14 games um, if you go all the way to the state championship. So it's just that's just a long season, and it's a lo- it's a long time to to risk getting injured. So uh, I think you know, with the nature of the bees playing longer, means the the you know higher risk of injury too. So. Yeah, and I th- I think that's the the biggest. But is it going to change the NFL season? I don't know. It's just kind of it's just kind of shitty because I don't like the fact that are we talking about if it's going to change the season or not kind of is an argument like why the fuck do you do it? Well, we it's know like why an, they did it's, it. Yeah, it's a cash grab and it's an unnecessary <laughs> risk. So, um, just squeezing more and more football out of these guys, I think, is the wrong way to do it. If we wanted these physical running backs and these and these quarterbacks to play longer, we would shorten the season. Yeah, that's a good point. So it'll be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, first time in my life that they've extended the schedule. Yeah. And I mean, listen, that's. And they didn't add a bye week. I think they missed an opportunity there. That's what, that's what I think is the craziest part do, about this. If we're going to do all, all this extending, you know, going into February, it's, 
you know, taken out of pre pre uh, preseason game. It's it's just like I think those bye weeks would be so much more beneficial than say a preseason game. You know, I know preseason games help you whittle down and find those guys that are like number 50, 51, 52, 53 on the roster. But I think these the you know, an extra bye week in the in the NFL season would just revitalize so many teams. Yeah, and it would just it would make the product on the field I I think better. so much better. Yeah. No, I mean you need your stars on the field. For sure. 100%. So, all right. Now, usually in the past, we for our picks of the week we would go through every single game that was on the slate for for each week. Uh, we're we're going to change things up this year. Uh, we're not going to go through every single game, but uh, we're, we're kind of just going to highlight what we think are some of the bigger matchups each week. Realistically, just peek behind the curtain and into our thought process. Uh, realistically, it'll probably be every Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night game because those are obviously the primetime big games. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't get any shitty Thursday night games this season, but we probably will here uh, towards the end of the season with uh, with the extension of yeah. of this season, like we were just talking about. Um, and then just the other games will will be some some other big uh, highlighted games that I think uh, other people will will probably have some national interest in. And then obviously we will we will highlight who the Rams and Seahawks are playing each week. So. Uh, that will be our uh, picks of the week segment going forward. We we will still keep a record uh, of what we get right and what we get wrong, and and Tyler and I can figure out who got uh, the most right and wrong at, at the end of the season, and and we can have our bragging rights. I do believe I I had the best record last season. It was can't remember now. I know it was so long ago. Jacob was still on the show. We had his record. That's what I was. Too. That's what I was saying. I feel like we were all so close. That we were. Year. We were. Um, yeah, I think there'll be more discrepancy with less games. You know, because and and when you're picking from 16 games, it's like so many of those we're gonna pick the same. Yeah. Um. Well, well you got six games on the docket. Let's see. I got one, two. Because we added three. Uh, we added. Yeah, the we had the one. QB showdown. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got eight. I got six, not including the Seahawks and the Rams. Yep. All right. We're good. All right. So let's kick it off then. Tomorrow night, the NFL season will start. Yeah. Thursday night football, we got the Dallas Cowboys, the pride of hard knocks this season. I didn't even watch the last episode of Hard Knocks last night because I didn't even care because Hard Knocks has been uh, no, so it bad. Was, it was it was historically bad, and uh, I did see the the one highlight though. Yeah, you, uh, you uh, ended up getting a little bit Dax. caught up. Uh, no, I, I watched. No, no, no. I watched the highlight of uh, oh of uh, Trayvon Diggs's kid confusing him? Dak Prescott with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. See, he must have been so embarrassed. <laughs> That little guy. <laughs> that was the that was the second time he called him Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he called him Patrick Mahomes when they were doing like an interview shot yeah. with Trayvon at home, yeah. and then I guess he called him Patrick Mahomes in person. That's funny. So that that was the highlight of Hard Knocks for for anybody that missed it. Oh, and then that drone shot that I showed you, Tyler. That was pretty cool. The drone shot was absolutely amazing. Yeah, but anyway, the Cowboys they're traveling down to Tampa Bay to take on. The defending Super Bowl champs and the number two team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. You got you can't oh. hear me again. 
All right, so we're back. Sorry about that, folks. Had some uh, technical difficulties with uh, Tyler's headphones. Uh, if you want to check it out, it'll it'll be at the end. And- <laughs> At the at the blooper reel uh, at the end of the episode, uh, you can check it out at the end. It was like I was driving up a mountain and like my <laughs> ears popped. It was weird. Yeah, all of a sudden he his headphones just died and uh, he couldn't hear me anymore. We good now though. Yes. So all right, let's get back to it. Picks of the week, first game Thursday night football. Like I was saying, the Dallas Cowboys, the pride of Hard Knocks, they're going down to Tampa Bay to take on the defending Super Bowl champs, the number two team in the TSK show power rankings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, Dak Prescott's coming back from the horrific ankle injury. He was dealing with the shoulder injury in training camp. The The Cowboys are also dealing with offensive lineman Zach Martin being out due to COVID. So that's going to be a huge hole on the offensive line for the Cowboys. I'm pretty sure C.D. Lamb will be back. Uh, after his battle with COVID, but at the end of the day, Tyler, with this matchup with the with the defending Super Bowl champs, I just think that the Buccaneers are a better team right now than the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, they talked about it after winning the Super Bowl that if they had a few more games after that Super Bowl game, they really would have been playing how they should have been, and and yeah. they really felt like they were on a roll, and it, it kind of ended with the Super Bowl abruptly. They wanted more after that, so I, yeah. I think they're going to be one of the more hungry defending Super Bowl champs that we've seen in recent years. Yeah, they were. I mean, that was kind of the theme of last year when we were doing our power rankings with the Bucks. was even when they kind of slipped and and got close to that 500 mark and then they went on that unbelievable run, it was just you never really worried because they were constantly evolving. You know, Leonard Fournette's role was constantly evolving. Tom Brady was was constantly learning the offense as he went. Um, all these guys were getting used to playing together. So they were kind of just sharpening the edge. Um, and, and it was literally week by week. They got better every single week, uh, especially after those first eight weeks. So I definitely look for them to build off of that and just dominate the Cowboys. I don't see the Cowboys having any chance. I hope Dak stays healthy for the sake of Dak, but that's about all I can hope for for the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Zeke, I think we know what we're going to get from Zeke at this point in his career. It's tough for Zeke, man. He needs Zach Martin. He needs those yeah. guys. It's, it's, you know, uh, hope the only thing that Zeke can really hope for is, is that, you know, Dak comes back 100% because that's going to be the best thing for Zeke's game. Similar to what we are talking about with the Titans, you know, if they can run the ball in a seven man box and pass the ball in an eight man box, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. So, uh, but they need Dak to be able to, to make those plays and, and make those calls so they just don't put eight in the box every play yeah and i mean i know i mentioned cd lamb as coming back from covid and and being one of their focal points in the offense but they still have amari cooper as well as as the number one receiver for dak prescott he's he's going to be looking to produce a lot as well this year i mean they've got one of the best receiving cores in the nfl i mean michael gallup is no he's no slouch either he's a stud and he's he's a a big lanky like long strided downfield guy. So, you know, Amari Cooper is is a solid all around football like wide receiver. He can go inside, go outside. He's got route running, he's got hands, yada yada. He's still young. I think he's still twenty six or something like that. Yeah. Which seems like Cooper's been in the league forever. Um and then CeeDee Lamb is an emerging superstar. He I mean, I think that he could be the number one guy there. So 
They definitely have some things going for them. They've got the be- probably the best linebackers in the NFL. Um, but it's just, yeah, there's something about this Cowboys team that's just not not what I'm about. I, I think Dak's, Dak's health is a big question mark. I, I think that's the biggest cloud over the Dallas Cowboys right now. But getting back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's going to be hard going up against them, I think, from the Cowboys' perspective, on opening night of the season, dropping the banner, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes. Which Cow- is what Jerry Jones is obsessed with. So right. I mean, they're going to they're gonna be looking to play spoiler, but like we were talking about in the power rankings with the Bucks, I think with them returning all 22 of their starters, that makes them the team to beat this year. And we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. If you if you remember, I made the comparison that the the Chiefs and the Bucks are similar to the Lakers yeah. and the Nets, yeah. where barring injury, these are the two teams to beat, and realistically, who we think will be meeting in the end to play for that championship. Well, and we compared the Nets to the Bucks a lot last year because they were doing the same thing where they were trying to figure it out every week. They were putting little pieces together, trying different lineups, trying right. different one styles. One night Kevin Durant would be out, one night Kyrie. Kyrie would be out, one night James Harden would be out. Who knows well, what type of lineups they were throwing out there. And I think they threw out like 70 different starting lineups, you know, in 82, or not 70, 60 different lineups in 72 games. Yeah. Uh, they had the most starting lineups in, in the NBA. It. And, you know, they were trying, you know, Kyrie at the two, Harden at the two. You know, they, they were they were doing different stuff every week, getting better and better and better. They unfortunately just ran into an injury problem where I think their season probably would have ended the same way the Bucks did. So, Bucks, Lakers, Cowboys, Nets, those are not Bucks, Cowboys. Bucks. Bucks, Lakers, Nets, Chiefs, not the Cowboys. Not, not the Cowboys. The Cowboys. <laughs> All four of those, those are truly the teams to be in the NFL and the NBA. And, and I do think that it's like everybody's playing to try to top them off. That's the mark. What a time to be alive, huh? Yeah, I mean, those are, those are, I mean, these are four teams that are going to be known forever. Yeah. Remembered forever. So, all right, we're both on the Buccaneers for this game. Moving on to the next game, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers going up to Buffalo to take on the Bills. We got, I think, the old regime versus the new regime, I feel like, in this game with the Steelers and the Bills, kind of like the old school versus the new school. Yeah, We got Big Ben coming back, trying to prove he's got something left in the tank and, and still got what it takes to be an elite quarterback in this league. He's got the weapons around him like we've talked about, Juju, Claypool, and if rookie Najee Harris can be what they're expecting him to be, then I think that would be great for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense. And then, obviously, their biggest question mark is T.J. Watt, with his contract situation, he did practice fully today for the first time all offseason. He was basically doing a sit, like a hold-in, basically, just showing up but not really doing much activity because he was going through that contract dispute. But he was out there today. He'll be out there week one. And if he's out there, he's out I, w- there. I wouldn't want to be looking across the line uh, across no, at him. He's knocking on the door of a defensive player of the year. In fact, the NFL executives voted him as defensive player of the year. That yeah. has their prediction for defensive play of the year. Yeah. And, I mean. I don't get NFL executives. How the fuck are you going to vote Kyle Shanahan as coach of the year? I just, I, I don't get, I'm not going to go down the Niners pathway right now. They love sorry. those young stud quarterbacks, man. The, the, the Niners don't even or know the quarterbacks, the coaches, quarter, coaches, coaches, excuse yeah, I was like, me, The coaches. Niners don't even know who their quarterback is. No, they love the Sean McVay young coaching. Show. They got, the ESPN's got the Niners as a top 10 team. Why? And I think they're fourth in their division. 
Yeah. It, what? The right. NFL NFL execs on their on their preseason. Enough vote. about the Niners. Enough about the Niners. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is oh, God. Break. <laughs> Enough about the Niners. Back to the Steelers and the Bills. I said last week that Josh Allen was my MVP pick, and I think the Bills having the test of going against the Steelers week one is the perfect opportunity for Josh Allen to showcase who he is. He had the comparisons of him looking like Ben Roethlisberger coming out of the draft and everything like that. They, they're both big in, in stature and everything like that, and yeah. they can move around the, out of the pocket better than I think most people would expect someone that size could. Yeah. No, um, I, they used to say Jim Kelly played quarterback like a linebacker. <laughs> That's and, a good one. And I think, that, I think that Josh Allen's very much in that mold. Well, he's perfect for the Bills then. Hey, man, when they drafted him, I didn't know. Obviously, I, no one knew much about him. They knew that he was every, they knew that every, like, expert was saying he's got, you know, all this potential. Yeah. Um, but the thing that really stood out to me, you know, and I'm a firm believer, and it's like the important games are played at the end of the year, and weather's a big part of football. This is a game you play outside. And if you're a cold-weather team, you can't be running the air raid, you know. I, I think you've got to, and Josh Allen, you know, like like a, like an Aaron Rodgers and a Tom Brady. He's a cool weather quarterback, big hands, big physical guy, can run the ball. That's who you need in, in cold weather games. Um, and that's when their important games are at the end of the season. So the Bills are set up for success to to really do some damage. But the Steelers are gonna the Steelers are the te- the, the the perfect team to ruin their out, you know, coming out party for Oh, this for year. sure. Because the Steelers have faced so much adversity as an organization and so much adversity and experience throughout the years with Tomlin and Roethlisberger. Um, they're not afraid of these Bills teams. They don't give a shit about this Bills team. No, I mean, the Steelers aren't afraid of anybody. It, they're not afraid of anybody. So this this really is a toss-up to me. Um, I, 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 I'm going I'm going to lean with the Bills because, I, I, you know, they are at home, and I do think that they're a better, they're, they're a better football team, you know, on paper. Um, but I could easily see that. This is a really tough choice because I could easily see the Steelers beating them. I could see the Steelers having more wins this season. Um, so we'll just have to see how how it rolls out. All right. Well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Bills. I mean, I'm gonna try not to play with my heart too much and, and go with my head here. All right. We're two for two uh, on similar picks. So next matchup we got is the Cleveland Browns. One of your oh. favorite teams this year. Oh, yeah. Going to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs at home. I think this game has the potential to be the game of the week. The Browns, obviously, they're riding the momentum of making the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Their first playoff win since 1994. All of that. Baker's looking to build off the, the good season he had last year with Kevin Stefanski as his head coach. OBJ's coming back, hoping to get back to an elite level. You got Miles Garrett on the outside or on leading the defense and everything. Um, they got the additions of James Johnson the third. They got Jadavion Clowney. This team has the potential to be a juggernaut, like you were talking about in the power rankings, but they got to go up against the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. I and tell you what, if you got fantasy players on either one of these two teams, you got to start them in this one. This is gonna be fireworks. Oh, it's gonna be a shootout. Um yeah, I mean, I, I hate that. I love that the Browns are playing the Chiefs week one because I, I this is a great opportunity for them to show how great they're going to be. But at the same time, I wish they could play five or six games before they had to play the Chiefs. <laughs> you wish um, they could build up to it a I little bit? I wish they didn't have to start 0-1. Yeah. 
which I think unfortunately is what they're going to do. But please believe that that when it comes Sunday and these two teams are playing, I am not I'm not rooting for the Chiefs. <laughs> I, I love the Chiefs. I love Mahomes. I love Andy Reid, but not 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 this game. Not against these guys. Not I'm, against the dog pound. The dog pound is my my AFC team for sure. <laughs> I got to go with him. I I just, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I hope I see Baker throw four touchdowns and be fired up and talking shit and, and just feeling it and knowing because if they play good against this Chiefs team coming off the offseason, that's all the momentum you need. I mean, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be tough if they come out and beat the Chiefs. Baker's going to come back saying he woke up feeling dangerous. And that's why I that's why I ride with Baker. I like I like that about him. He's a competitor, and and he's a and he's a he's a football player. You know, he's a ball player. He can throw the rock. Yeah. No. I mean, it's he's gonna, not a prototype. You know, he's not some six four. Throw. You know, this is a dynamic football player. As much as I've like talked bad about the Browns on record here on the show over the years. It's going to be hard for me to pick against the Browns this year because of everything that you've talked about with them tonight. But like you said, like they're starting off 0-1 going against the Chiefs. Yeah, it sucks. yeah, no, it's tough. Like, I mean, you, I think in in a betting picking, in a betting pick'em scenario, you have to pick the Chiefs. You know, it's yeah. they're, they're at home, um, and it's Week One coming off a Super Bowl loss, so. You got to pick the Chiefs, but I I absolutely believe that the Browns have the ability to win the game, and I'm definitely going to be rooting for that. Yep. All right, the next game we got is the Green Bay Packers going up against the New Orleans Saints. This is a New Orleans Saints home game, but this game will be played in Jacksonville in the afternoon after the uh, morning game when the after the Jacksonville Jaguars play their game. The Packers and Saints will play their game in Jacksonville. The game obviously got moved to Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida. The Saints, they've been practicing in Texas. Uh, they were hoping to actually play this game at Cowboys uh, at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, but I think there's actually an event going on that night at the stadium. I think there's a concert or something. That's why they couldn't do it in Texas. Um, and so that ultimately led to uh, the game having to be played in Jacksonville. There were a couple other options. There was Miami, there was Jacksonville, and Tampa Bay. There was discussions from the Saints organization because it was up to them on where they wanted to play because it's technically their home game. They wanted to make it as hard as possible for Packers fans to get to this game. Smart because the Packers travel better than maybe anybody. Yes. So, according to reports, the reason the game ended up in Jacksonville was not only Aaron Rodgers' 3 and 4 record in the state of Florida as an NFL quarterback and his 78.1 QBR rating, but also they didn't want Packers fans to go to Miami because of the destination desire that Miami has. They didn't want Tampa Bay because they didn't want Bucks fans to come to the game on Sunday and root against the Saints because the Bucks fans the Bucks fans are obviously division rivals and they would have nothing to do on Sunday since the Bucks are playing there on Thursday night. And so it ends up in Jacksonville because it is the most inconvenient to travel for Green Bay Packers fans. And I mean, how are they possibly going to switch out fans out of that stadium? 
That's just going to be a mess. I don't even want to know, Tyler. I mean, how do you get people, how do you know everybody's out? You know? I, I, I don't even want to know. But it's, all of that went yeah. into play for the Saints to, to have this game in Jacksonville. And I can't think of a better reason for the Aaron Rodgers last chance revenge tour yeah, to no. start off with a win than having all of that contribute to where this game Honestly, is being played. Yeah, I think they're playing it wrong. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly, you're exactly right. Why are they lighting a fire under Aaron Rodgers' ass right now? Well, here I will say this. I'll, I'll give. I'll, I'll say this. If there's anyone in the league that's an fu type of dude like Aaron Rodgers is, it's Sean it, Payton. It's Sean fucking Payton. <laughs> so. So I will say this: Sean don't give a fuck either, that's, and, and that's he fair. and he ain't out here to lose. He's not coming out here to lose to Green Bay, and he's not out here impressed by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I mean, and Sean Payton's got he's got the same season Belichick had last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is this is big time, and this is his second go around with this kind of shit. You know, this is the second time he's been pushed out of his home. Um, yeah, as far as like hurricanes and, yeah, and this no, football 100%. team and this organization go. Uh, I was a little surprised they didn't try to go maybe north and go college football route. Oh, like take a college stadium to get as many fans in there as possible, like yeah. play it at like Michigan or Ohio State or, or something or, like that. Or not big... even, not even, not even that north. I'm mean, like ten, like Memphis or like Iowa. I mean? uh, yeah, not even like I mean just just north of uh, Louisiana. Yeah, you know Kentucky, Tennessee, you know that kind of region. Play it at, play it at the University of Texas. Or, T, or I mean, TCU. Fuck, yeah, East Texas would have been, but I, I just, I'm not necessarily like up on the weather, essentially, like what's going down. I don't know if all those places are nasty or well, not. Well, like but I said, it's like, what, you know, what about Alabama's football stadium? What about the Volunteers stadium? Well, well like I said, the Saints wanted to make it most inconvenient. No, no, for that's Packers good. That, that's good. Uh, that's, that's some good info there. You, you really got your reporter on with that one. <laughs> I like all that info. And I mean, I hope all that's real too. Oh, it is. You know, I, it is. And, there was and, a whole report. Hold but on. Sean Payton being involved, it, it it makes it to where I, it's more believable, because that's pettiness. And oh, that's, it's the ultimate that, level of pettiness, and that's what we're here for. Yeah. So I, I, everything I got was from a CBS uh, report uh, written by John Breach on uh, September second. And you got Jameis is you know he's going back to Central Florida to do his thing. Yeah, and I mean, listen, that's, I think, the one interesting dynamic the Saints have going for them. Obviously, like you were saying, this is Sean Payton's first year without Drew Brees under center, so this is a transition year. They're dealing with the effects of Hurricane Ida, but I think, obviously, with Sean Payton's confidence in in the two-quarterback tandem in Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, he's got confidence in them. I don't know if i have confidence in them it was a rule of mine i mean growing up I like a legit rule at no level of football can you win with two quarterbacks not high school not not college not pros i've seen i've seen high schools and colleges just try to pull it off all the time pros it's a little less like a little less common but anytime i've seen people it's try much to, less common but anytime i've seen people try to kind of go back and forth between guys splitting reps or whatever it just doesn't work you've got to have a guy um but but i think this is absolutely the best setup i've ever seen for a two quarterback system to work yeah i just think with team sports teams need to get in a flow and with the constant change of switching a quarterback in and out and not getting consistent reps like you were saying with one guy 
Hey, man. There's not going to be any sort of cohesiveness. You're preaching to the choir because I was in quarterback battles my junior and senior year of high school, and they've they actually tried to roll in multiple games. They've they tried doing two, and it just never worked. And the, for those exact reasons, it's just like you cannot get into a flow. You cannot get into a rhythm. I mean, people call huddles differently. People break the huddles differently. People have a different cadence. Um, there's there's the guys, it doesn't matter if you're better or not. If if those guys in the huddle believe in you more than the other guy, that that football team is going to be better. Um, you know, it's like my junior year, I didn't necessarily have as good of an arm as the other kid, but I won because of intangible type stuff. My senior year, I think I was a much better athlete, but the the younger kid had like upside. So there was reasons to try to play around with it, but I ended up winning both purely because I think of the things like rhythm and and leadership and just like you got to pick a guy you yeah know? and and when we went into went into games trying to split carries it was tough and it was hard for me as as a player to kind of stay in the game as well because you don't know it, you don't know when you're getting pulled yeah so all right i mean i got the packers in that game i think the packers are going to be winning a lot of their games this year um but i don't think that will be indicative of New Orleans season starting out 0-1. I think they're going to be much better than I think what this game will show. I had them in my top 10. And that was like one of the teams that I kind of was like moving around. And tonight I ended up bumping them out. All right. There you have it, folks. Yeah. A little I, inside I, scoop. I do think that they're like a top 15. You know, they're like one of those first five outside the top 10. But I do got Green Bay going in and winning this game. Yeah, and with the Saints, once Michael Thomas comes back and we see what he looks like, that'll definitely let us know what what the Saints team will look like. And I'm here for I'm here for Rogers versus Sean Payton in a pettiness battle. Oh, I'm it's gonna be it. fun. It's gonna be good. All right, the next matchup we got is the young quarterback battle. We got Mac Jones versus Tua Tagovailoa. We got the Miami Dolphins going up to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick got all his guys back that are returning for that defense that sat out the year last year because of COVID and all of that. He's got his guy, Mac Jones, at quarterback, leaving no doubt whatsoever in the quarterback controversy between him and Cam Newton. They they took care of that before the season even started. And this is also, Tyler, the Kyle Noy, Kyle Van Noy revenge game. Hmm. Because Kyle Van Noy got cut after one year with the Dolphins. The Dolphins are still paying Kyle Van Noy's salary yeah. while he is on the Patriots. Back I think to the Patriots. I th- I think the Patriots are going to win this game. I know Tua's got all the promise in the world and and high expectations for Miles Gaskin as the running back back there. I just I don't see how they win this game with Bill Belichick still coaching in New England. He thinks he's got his guy in yeah. Mac Jones at quarterback. It's just like I feel like everything is going right for the Patriots this year so far. It is. I mean, I think that both these football teams are going to be good, and both are going to compete in this division. For sure. I do think that Miami's like thing going for them is this is a division rival, and they've always gotten up for these games. They've always played this team really well. Usually better in Miami, though. Oh yeah, I mean Miami's one of the hardest places to play in the league because of that humidity. There's no there's no place like it. And on the it's map. Miami. And and it's Miami. There's distractions. Um but New England did get all their their shiny toys, you know, they they spent the most money in the league. Um they got you know, they got some some security blankets uh with those tight ends that they signed. Um new quarterbacks obviously rejuven, rejuvenated everything, but I'm going with the Dolphins. 
There you go. I've got. I, we're going to get some discrepancy here. I'm going with Tua to, <laughs> to go up north. I like the Dolphins. They're a young football team. They're a bunch of guys that are still trying to prove themselves. They've got guys on the outside that can guard. They've got a. They've got a quarterback that's 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 playing against his old college teammate. Um, I think he wants to win and not get jumped up by this guy, Mac Jones. Um, and, and for things like, you know, they're, they're going to be able to control the rock. I think uh, Miles Gaskins is, is a good runner. He's University of Washington's all-time leading rusher. Um, so he this is a solid football player. And last year, my thing with the Dolphins was, you know, they kind of they were kind of doing things that I thought were similar to Seattle as far as like those LOB days. And and they were they were turning guys over like crazy, cutting guys, signing guys, like competing, 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 and new guys were constantly stepping up, and they were putting guys in this system, um, and they were playing hard. They weren't guys that were given anything. I mean, they cut Van Noy. You know that was yeah. After one year, and they paid him like I think forty million dollars. And the Seahawks did that exact same thing with Aaron Curry. I mean, Aaron Curry, I think was the third or fourth overall pick, and Pete Carroll like Pete Carroll inherited him after his rookie year, so Pete Carroll didn't draft him cut him i mean Whoa. cut the kid that was drafted the year before as a fourth overall pick yeah i mean it's, and, and aaron curry was supposed to be the sure thing you know what i mean well, i mean aaron curry's not as decorated as a player as kyle van noy is at this point no no career, no but what but, but i, I but get what you're saying, saying. It, what, what i was saying is like the name the, the coaches don't give a shit about what you've done you know that's 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 Pete carroll's mantra and i think that's a lot that's going on with the dolphins it's like compete every week you know every week and find that guy who's playing good right now and well, get him on the field. And it's going to be a bunch of guys you may not recognize. And Brian Flores coming from that Bill Belichick coaching tree, it's like he's really done, I think, a really good job of really turning it around in Miami pretty quickly and I think a lot quicker than people might have were expecting him to. Yeah, and I think that he – and I think that, he, and, you know, instead of trying to do it with, like, build, you know, building through your draft and, and trading and getting these big names and – these pillar positions it's like no we're we're getting football players that want to play that are hungry right now competing every day in practice and we're getting guys on upswings and and getting guys on momentum uh and getting them while they're playing good and it's like you have two bad weeks then you know we're going to go with the next guy up yep all right so you're on the the dolphins yeah i think that kind of stuff makes them more susceptible to injury than other teams you know doing stuff like system play and and plugging guys in when when guys go out they're they're kind of built for the long run yep so all right you're on the dolphins i'm on the patriots for that game our first discrepancy yeah. of the year i think both these teams are going to end up around nine wins yeah i mean it's hard it's hard for me to to pick either of these teams in this division over the bills right now but i think the patriots are a lot closer to the bills than the dolphins even with yeah. a rookie it's, quarterback. No, no. I mean, it, it's it's easy. I mean, I think that's that's you know, we're we're so familiar with the Patriots. It's it's kind of just you know picking what we know because we're more confident in it. When really, I mean, half these guys on this Miami roster, you don't even know who they are. Yeah. All right. Next matchup. We're finally getting to the hometown teams before we get into the Monday night game. First, Tyler, we will start with your Seattle Seahawks traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Quick fun fact here from Pat McAfee. The Colts haven't won an opener since 2013, but Pat McAfee is banging the anvil. I guess they they banged this anvil before the game to get the crowd pumped up. Mm -hmm. Pat McAfee's banging the anvil before the game, opening night, week one, 
for the Colts, and they are undefeated when he bangs the yeah. anvil. Nice. So we've got two different numbers going against each other. Yes. So the Colts are 0-8 since 2013 in home openers for the season, and the Colts are 3-0 and when Pat McAfee bangs the anvil. Unfortunately, Tyler, for Pat McAfee, I think the streak ends. I don't think. Yeah, he's not playing. It don't matter. He can bang that thing all he wants. <laughs> uh, I really like the Colts. The Colts are another team that were flirting in the top 10. Really? I, I, I do really like the Colts this year. Even with T.Y. Hilton being out for an extended period so, of time. Yeah, so my thing with the Colts is they're not sexy at all, but they have the things. Like, if they get any sort of decent quarterback play, they have everything that you're supposed to have in a football team as far as offensive line, building from the inside out. Yep. Got a stable of running backs, you know, three, three-headed running back, rushing attack, good defense, um, can guard on the outside. You got the got pillar a, on their defense with Darius Leonard locked up. Got middle linebacker. So um, I think that the Colts are a really good football team. Um, but I like, I like the Hawks in this one with – scoring the ball i think that like if you were better i would bet on the over of this one i think people are gonna have low expectations score wise especially coming into week one i mean typically it's a little more sloppy than the end of the season but because of the cold style of play and the seahawks history of running the ball people are gonna think this is gonna be a low scoring game but i think i mean i just think it's gonna be the russ wilson show with dk and tyler on the outside um it's gonna be too much and we're gonna be able to score enough to beat this colts team because I don't think that they have the ability to score 28 points. You know, I think that the, the Colts are going to be lucky if they get 20 points. Listen. And I don't know if 20 points is going to be enough to beat the Seahawks. With regards to the Colts in this game, I just have no idea how Carson Wentz is playing. That's, that's ultimately why I couldn't put him in the top 10, because it's like if Carson Wentz goes out there and just plays at 75% of his potential, I think they're, like, knocking on the door. They're, they're a playoff team. But if Carson Wentz goes out there and it looks like he did those last those last moments in Philly, then they're not, they're, they're not going to be a good football team. If Carson Wentz looks anything like he did before getting hurt against the Rams at the L.A. Coliseum when he dove for that touchdown, when someone hit his knee or something, I can't remember exactly who hit him, but I remember it was against the Rams, and it was ever since that moment that he got taken out, and that's what put Nick Foles in to lead them on that Super Bowl run. If he can play like he was playing before, the Colts are going to be a very good team. Yeah, But he's coming off foot surgery from an injury that happened in high school that just, I guess, didn't heal properly and finally flared up. The initial diagnosis was 5 to 12 weeks. He Week one is like a couple days short of that five-week, like, best-case scenario diagnosis. He then gets COVID and gets placed in COVID protocols and all of that, and now he is somehow going to be playing week one. I just can't pick the Colts week one. Yeah. Because of everything yeah. surrounding yeah. the uncertainty of Carson Wentz. Yeah. Let me see Carson Wentz in an Indianapolis Colts uniform and what he can do out there. And then I will judge the Colts going from there. And I'm excited. I think this is a great this was this was a great opportunity for the Colts and, and Carson Wentz. It's, it's the perfect fresh, opportunity. Fresh start. Um and, and you know, I think that Carson can can get back to being a good quarterback, but I don't think he's ever gonna be that guy again. I think what really made him special in those early days of Philly was recklessness. I mean, this dude played balls to the wall. It was Dakota tough, corny, whatever, however you <laughs> want to say it. The dude played balls to the wall. And once you get injured, it's 
you just don't have that same like recklessness. You know yeah. what I mean? You there's something in it just feels like he's not playing at a hundred percent of his ability because he's not he the it's just like Well we see we see it all the time running free. He, we see it all the time in ba- too much. We see it all the time in basketball players when they either tear their ACL or uh rupture their Achilles or whatever. They come back that next year and it's just like they they don't look the same on the court because they're hesitant to to make the same moves that they were making before they got hurt because they don't want to get hurt again. Yeah. But then in that second year, once they feel more comfortable and have a year under their belt away from that injury, they they feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, it's just he just keeps it just keeps it's been a couple of years now where this keeps happening. I think it's just going to be tough for him to get back to that young gunslinger mentality where he's almost changing into a different player completely. But I mean, man, if he plays decently, this Colts team is going to be really, really good um, because they've got things that help him out. I mean, a running game and an offensive line is what he needs. Yeah, he needs to be protected so he can look downfield. Um, do they have great outside guys? No, but I think that schematically, you know, they've they're built from the inside out, and and you can you can kind of get away with having less talent on the outside if your quarterback can can stand in the pocket. And, and I really think, process the play. And I think with T.Y. Hilton being out for an extended period of time, they are planning on just relying on the run game a lot more than the passing game. Well, I mean, yeah, for sure, they're going to be a running football team. And, you know, with the loss of T.Y., at this point, 31, next surgery, I think it's it, it might be a blessing in disguise to get Michael Pittman Jr. out there as the number one reps. It's his second year in the league. Um, he's a big time out. He's a big like physical outside receiver. So um, if he can really take advantage of the these reps without Ty, they the Colts will be a better football team if Ty doesn't have the responsibilities he, he's had in the past. Yeah. I mean, he's just not gonna. It's just not the same guy. I mean, it's he's thirty one. This is neck surgery he's coming off of. So um, I, I can't put a lot of stock into Ty. Yeah. All right. I think the I think the Colts are going to be good, but ultimately I think the Hawks are going to score too many points and they're just not going to have, you know, you can't they're not going to be able to like run the ball down our throat. Yep. All right. I got the Hawks as well in that game. Now, the Sunday night football game is of course the Chicago Bears coming here to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay said that the Rams would be naive if they weren't preparing for Justin Fields to play in this game at some point. Just so they're preparing for all different scenarios. Andy Dalton was named the starter. I know that, uh, but we'll see how long that lasts. Um, it will be the first game for Matthew Stafford in a new uniform, and obviously the Rams uh, have a lot of expectations this year after trading for Matthew Stafford and going all in on that move, moving on from Jared Goff. Uh, the Rams, they're going to have a lot to worry about, though, with, with the Chicago defense, with Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball for the Bears. But the offensive line, they're going to need to give Stafford as much protection as possible and give him as, as much time as possible to get the ball off. Which he's used to not having it. So anything exactly. you can give him, it'll be be good. It'll be better than what he had in Detroit, that's for sure. Uh, but the Bears' offensive line, they're going to have their hands full just as much, I think, as as the Rams' offensive line with Aaron Donald and guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Ashawn Robinson and then former Bear Leonard Floyd. And then the Bears receivers, they're Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, uh, Marquise uh, Godwin, or Goodwin, excuse me. Um, 
they're going to be in for a hell of a day going up against Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, and the rest of that secondary. I'm starting the Rams defense. Smart. In the TSK Show League. You'll probably get an interception. And I actually had Jalen Ramsey. Oh, you picked him up? As my DB. Because I I went with Honey Badger as my starting DB, but he's out for COVID first week. So I got to start somebody week one. So I was like, I was going to go with Ramsey, but I actually switched up to Taylor Rapp. Interesting. And so okay. I'll have the combo of of ra- just because I wanted the tackles. Jalen Ramsey could have one of those Richard Sherman weeks where they literally don't throw at him once. Right. Exactly. So he may not do shit in a fantasy fantasy regards, but I mean he's going to dominate one side of the field. Or the Allen only Robinson's thing, not going to be able to do shit. Right. Or the only thing he gets you is an interception, which is like yeah, you're playing for the Yahtzee. You know what exactly. I mean? Like which is is tough. So I ended up going with Taylor Rapp, but I think that. The Rams defense this year is going to be. I mean, the Rams are going to be really good. They were another team that was in the ten spot. Yeah, I was. You know? I was shocked you didn't have them in your top ten. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, you know, like comparing them to like the, the, Ra- like the, the Ravens, Chargers. You know, the, the Chargers, Chargers didn't even make though, the playoffs. Mm, I, I don't think they're as good as the Chargers. That's another day, though. The Rams, the Rams aren't as good as the Chargers right now, Tyler. You are insane. Nah, coming into the season, they got the juice. I, li- I like what the Chargers are doing, Tyler. I'm the Rams. The Rams. I turned I turned his mic off. That's how mad I am at him. The Rams got the Rams got juice for sure. The, but the, I mean that's what I'm saying. They're right there, like 10, 11, 12, Rams Chargers, right there. It's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great battle of LA football. Good football teams too. I mean, you got two of my favorite arms in the league. I, I've I've loved Stafford since the day he entered the NFL, and I'm a huge Herbert fan. So I don't feel too bad about it. The Rams are gonna win in dominant fashion on Sunday. I like the Rams to win big time. I don't like the Bears this year. Mark my words, the Rams will be in the TSK show power rankings next week. Again, the Bears need to like pick what they're doing with quarterback. I mean, I know that they they picked Andy Dalton, they're moving that way, but there's obviously some riff in that locker room and that's that's going to that's 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 enough to hold the team back. If I'm Matt Nagy, I would just be flat out honest with the media and just say I only started Andy Dalton week one because I wanted to save Justin Fields from Aaron Donald. Just go out and say that. Like, just hey, be that's honest. Fine. That's fine. And, you know, Andy is a capable football player. This kid, no, this, this kid uh, can play, too, but not against. I mean, this Rams team is is way, I mean, way better than this Bears team. Yeah. It's not even close. I mean, I don't think, I don't think this Bears team is going to, they won't score 30 once all year. You know what I mean? And the Rams are going to put points on the board. Well, yeah, I mean, that they're designed to put points on the board. Yeah, I mean, I think McVay, McVay's got what he needs. You know, uh, he he's sculpted this offense. He We know what he wants. He wants three wide receivers, a tight end, and a running back. He's got all of those positions filled up. He's even got rotations at, at some of those positions. And now he's got a quarterback who can actually throw the ball. It, not, I mean, that is an understatement. This is this you hear experts throw around this 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 phrase arm talent which is kind of a weird term it's like you know like what are we lining up in the the schoolyard and throwing it as far as we can part i mean kind of that basically that's that's part of it but this kid this matt stafford's release and his flick and all the different all the different ways he can throw the ball and the strength of of the ball that he throws he's he is one of the best throwers of the football i've ever seen and i'm super excited like I, i'm obviously i'm a i'm a seahawks fan so the, there can only be so much love for the rams but them getting stafford makes them just so much more likable to me <laughs> i mean golf was always just kind of the scapegoat 
Well, it was always just like, well, like if they're if they're unsuccessful, it's like eh, we're working with Jared Goff here. If they are successful, it was never Jared Goff. It was that was never the name you brought up. Well, and the problem with that became them trading up to the number one pick for him and giving up so much for him, and then it ended up working which, out how it which ended is, up working out. Which is out. fine though. I mean, they they took a shot on the guy that they liked. There's no such thing as a sure thing in the NFL. They traded up. I I like the idea of being aggressive to get the person you want. Well, for you sure. You know what I mean? Don't sit back don't sit back and, and let stuff happen. Go take it. Um and it didn't work out and they got rid of him. So it's like, I mean, it was really, you know, they went to Super Bowl, they were right there, didn't work out, they moved on and they got an upgrade. And and realistically, that move trading up for Jared Goff was the initial move, obviously moving to LA and all of that. And so that was the, the push of we got to win now to to win over the fan base here in L.A. because that's what L.A. expects and everything like that. So it's like that's really catapulted the Rams into this mode of, all right, we got to win now. And trade if, if they don't trade up for Jared Goff and trade all those picks away and get into that mindset, then maybe they don't trade for Matthew Stafford down the road when Jared no, Goff yeah, doesn't absolutely. work out. No, no. They, uh, and they had success with Jared Goff, too. Yeah, it's I mean, they like went to a Super Bowl. A, yeah. No, but, I mean, I, I think that the Rams have done a really good job of building this football team and building the right football team for Sean McVay. Yep. All right, so we're both on the Rams for that game. So we're we're both going with our hometown teams this week, obviously. I think that'll be a common theme this year on the TSK show. Um, but all right, last game, or yeah, the last game, Monday Night Football, we got the Baltimore Ravens going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, the Ravens, they lose their two running backs to season-ending injuries, J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hall. They signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. He'll be added to the 53-man roster once he's ready and all of that. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out. The The Raiders and John Gruden, this is their first regular season home game with fans in the stands at Allegiant Stadium, a.k.a. the Death Star. This is everything Mark Davis has dreamed of since building that stadium is having it full and all of that. Uh, but unfortunately, I think the Ravens and Lamar Jackson spoil the party. Uh, I know there's a lot of optimism in Vegas with the Raiders, with Derek Carr. Uh, still, I guess there's some hope for him with Raiders fans for some reason. I, I don't necessarily I like, see it. I like Derek Carr. I've always had to defend this guy. <laughs> um, if it wasn't for John Gruden, I would think this team was trash. I mean, the only reason why they even have a shot at being competitive is because they have one of the best coaches in the game. Like, Yeah, one of the ba smartest football ba minds. Baltimore is going to win this game. They're a better football team. But, man, La Las Vegas just, like, Gruden knows how to get players to compete and he knows how to get them to believe in they can win and believe himself put him in put him in crazy positions Derek Carr I think is his guy he he's confident in Derek Carr I'm confident in Derek Carr um they've got you know they they added Kenyon Drake another good running back Darren Walder kind of exploded as as a star still got Josh Jacobs Henry Ruggs is coming into his second year Josh Jacobs into his third year oh, uh, speak, speaking of Henry Ruggs that was a big uh fantasy sleeper uh, that I had this year, actually. Yeah, I mean, second-year players always pop, especially in the passing game. Uh, they got they got two full off seasons under the belt, so um, I think the Raiders are going to be competitive this year, maybe five hundred. But it's okay. like okay, but I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this football game. And I mean, like I said, I mean, ultimately, I just think John Gruden is such a good coach that he's going to make this team competitive. But ultimately, they're just not there yet. 
Yeah. But he's working on it. I mean, he's he's going in the right direction. He's, he's got get, a ten year deal. He's got plenty of time to work he, on it. He's built he's building slowly, but uh and and he doesn't need as much talent as everybody else. It's just it's just how it is. He's that good of a football coach. Yep. Uh real quick, some other big news from the Baltimore Ravens. They gave Mark Andrews, uh, their tight end, a big contract extension, making him the third highest paid tight end in the league behind Travis Kelsey, who's at number two, and then George Kittle, who is the highest overall paid uh, tight end in the league. So Mark Andrews, I think he's, I, I think that's probably about right, putting him third. Yeah, he's there. He should be in top five, no doubt, if I'm his agent. Yeah. Nothing less. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the Ravens spoil the Raiders party week one. Uh, at Allegiant Stadium, a.k.a. the Death Star. Sammy Watkins is a big pickup. It, it feels like they, they kind of swung and miss on wide receivers, you know, trying to get help for Lamar Jackson. But I think that that's kind of a sneaky one. Sammy Watkins played well with the Chiefs. Um, he had a great early career with the Bills as the number one. So He showed some, he showed some flashes with the Rams, and then he just got hurt at the end. He, he's got – yeah, God, I forgot about that. But, yeah, he was uh, with the Rams for a year. Um, I think that he's still got some some big time football left in him, and he he can definitely be a number two. I mean, hey, Lamar Jackson, a, a former NFL MVP, might be the perfect quarterback to revitalize him. Yeah, and and it's like when you know when people like Lamar hold on to the ball and extend plays. If if Sammy Watkins is you know if he can adjust his game to to being opportunistic in those scenarios, he's going to thrive. Yep. But you got to get open. I mean, that's how people like Doug Baldwin. Who doesn't have a, a lick of athletic ability? That's how they make, to make a name for themselves. A Pro Bowl wide receiver, you know. I shouldn't say he doesn't have a lick of athletic ability, but <laughs> this is not this is not. He some made like, the NFL for God's sake. Yeah, this Tyler. is not some prototype physical specimen. He he was Russell Wilson trusted him when plays broke down. He he came to him. So hopefully, Sammy Watkins can find himself as not just kind of a downhill runner type of receiver. Yep. So, all right, we're both on the Ravens. So, the only discrepancy we had was the the Patriots-Dolphins game. That's a good one to have. I mean, uh, not not The rubber match. So, all right, uh, last thing before we get out of here. Obviously, we've uh, mentioned uh, Deshaun Watson's scenario going on down in Houston uh, over the past few weeks here on the show. He is on the 53-man roster for the Texans. But Tyrod Taylor was named the starter in Houston. Uh, another weird scenario for Tyrod Taylor to be the starting quarterback of. Um, but we just have to wait and see what happens with Deshaun Watson. I, I I don't know if he ever plays a down of football this year, but he will still be on the roster and getting paid. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, it, there's it's just it's you can't predict this scenario because of the the legal off off field stuff is unpredictable. We don't know how that's all going to play out. And so that's why it's it's tough to trade for this guy right now. Yep. I think I think Philly Philly now is an option. If I think if Philadelphia, you know, depending on how the legal stuff goes, if they feel like Minshew, especially if Minshew wins the job, if they just trade Jalen Hurts and and like we already got our starter and Gardner Minshew, we'll give you Jalen Hurts who could be your starter. Yeah, we'll young, give you Jalen Hurts and whatever picks you young, want. Young quarterback. And then, you know, you kind of, like, play a less risky card because you already have Gardner. Yeah. You know, so we'll take on Watson, you know, maybe it shit clears. And then they're also the team to take in Michael Vick right after all of it, you know, yep. right after he comes out of jail. So this is a forgiving. This is a franchise where you could come and get a second second chance, I think. So 
you know, where it's always kind of every week. It seems like it changes what 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 might happen with Deshaun Watson, but you know, we'll keep a close eye on it. It's it's crazy to see an MVP caliber talent like this gonna end up having to sit out. Yeah, it's too bad. So, all right, you got a you got anything else before we get out of here for week one? Yeah, man. I mean, I just I want to shout out the the fantasy football league. You know, it, yes. it was it, it's been a long off season. We were we were ready to go. We've been kind of slow bleeding the. Uh, the events to the boys and we finally and i think our draft was we extended to 14 teams and our draft was like 45 minutes shorter this year than last year oh everybody yeah. was i think very well prepared for this draft everybody i think came in knowing who they wanted yeah and they went off the board quick i mean i had plenty of my picks stolen I, yeah yeah i mean i think a lot of people were on the same page and they knew that and so you had to kind of reach and not necessarily reach in regards of like not getting talent but you had to take the guy that you wanted when he was available when he was available yeah so no it was, it, this, i i returned i don't know i should have said this at the top but um i i returned six offensive oh, players right. from my team last year i'm the damn defending near, champ i'm damn near running it back i got <laughs> kyler uh, these are just starters too kyler jonathan taylor leonard fournette mike evans who won it for me last year Keenan Allen and TJ Hawkinson. All six of those guys were on my team last year. I got all six of them back this year. And you're the defending champ. And I'm the defending champ. So, you know, I, I, I'm feeling good. I, I, it was pretty crazy how it all unfolded. I mean, I didn't necessarily go in there with the game plan of taking a bunch of guys that I had. I honestly thought I was getting Patrick Mahomes. And he was fucking sniped from me right in my own living room. So literally. Um by a guy by a man sitting in your own living I, room. I put it out there though. I told everybody I'm taking Mahomes in the third round. So if you want to take him, you gotta take him before me. And I was not bluffing. I tried to play the play a mind game where people didn't know if I was bluffing or not. Alex called your shot. Alex called Alex called it out and and I and I lost him. But Kyler, that's that's not bad. No, it's not. But all right, my shout out, I got two of them. Shout out to Albert Pujols for hitting home run number 679. He hit it in St. Louis uh, over the weekend or earlier this week. Or I guess it was over the weekend, yeah. Um, he hit it in his first at bat over the weekend after a standing ovation from the crowd in what was uh, possibly his last series as a player in St. Louis. So that was really cool to see Yadier Molina walked out in front of home plate uh, so the crowd could give him a standing ovation before the at-bat. And then literally a few pitches later, he just hits one out. And it, it just couldn't have been uh, a picture, uh, like a more perfect uh, ending, uh, possibly. Yeah, that, that that kind of stuff that happens in baseball is so funny to me because it shows, like, so often at-bats are strategic. You can't just go for what you want every time. Yeah. Because of that, but it's like these guys are so skilled, it's like, you know, obviously he was going for a homer. He was like, "Fuck it!" Like, whatever position we're at in the game, I'm. This is like. Well, this my, was in like the first inning. This, yeah, but but it's like this may be. You know, this may be it for me in St. Louis. Like Ichiro, when he would hit a homer, I'd be like, he could do that every time if he needed to, but it was never like in his strategy. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, last shout out, uh, and unfortunately, this is a obviously a sad one. Uh, I just want to say rest in peace to Michael K. Williams. Uh, the actor who played Omar from The Wire, Chalky White from Boardwalk Empire, and uh, he was obviously in multiple other roles. He's 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 got a uh, um, an Emmy nomination for Lovecraft Country. Wow, 
I did that, not know that's that. up for grabs right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, he's he's a, a Emmy nominated supporting actor for Lovecraft Country, which is a great, which is a great, yeah. great show. Yeah. Um, a lot of style to it. And I mean, you just, I mean, you just got to, it's Omar, man. That's, that's like what it is. You know, if you yeah. seen, if you've seen The Wire, you know what this guy brings to the table and how iconic that character. I mean, that's one of the most iconic TV characters. I think that The Wire would be on anybody's, I, I, and I'm not playing here. Like, TV's been around forever. This is a top five TV show ever. Tyler. I mean, I, I, critics will say this. I watched The Wire during the pandemic for the first time. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. And I watched the whole thing during the pandemic with my buddy Rafi. And Omar Little is by far and away one of the greatest television characters i have ever yeah. gotten to bear witness to no nah, nah, he brought he brought it to life uh he kind of made you know because that's a raw lifestyle it's a raw it's a part of life that not very many people see and if they do see it they may not live very long to tell about it well and, and he, this, he's this gone is, on this record brought, about that role and saying he was going through a bunch of stuff during this, the time when yeah. he was filming it and he was he was essentially living as omar in real life at some points yeah. during the filming of the wire and it's and the wire was so good because it brought a world into people's living room that you, they had no idea about well and you just can't see it you can't go see that you, no you, you can't go test it out you can't try it out it's 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 enamoring it's so like interesting um like seeing just the raw side of this world and 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 that's what the wire did i mean the wire was amazing it's one of the best tv shows ever like i said i mean it's yeah. up there with the greatest of the greats like i don't care if it's fucking seinfeld or mash sopranos or the 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 dick van dyke show i don't care like the wire's there uh, sopranos yeah the wire's there and he's the wire um yeah there's just not enough you can say about him he's fucking omar you know yeah i mean, mean and the la the last time i saw him most recently on anything was the dmx tribute where he was performing, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up, and then it goes into everybody else with Swiss Beats and everybody, and it was just like he really gave his all to the roles that he was playing, and it was just like when I was watching the DMX tribute and watching him do that, I was like, that's yeah, DMX. Um, like he he yeah. was like he it sounded like him. It, it was just everything. No, nah, he's a pro. It's not it's not a gimmick. He's he's a great he was a great performer. He's a great actor and um yeah that's a sad way sad way to go down for somebody so talented uh scary stuff for sure yeah um, i've never yeah, no no one will replace him it's really sad it, it sucks for lovecraft country to they were doing such a good job they had a lot of stuff they had a good i think his name is uh Jonathan majors um they've got a young star there so it's like he had another i think that he had another run in him yeah. So it's it's tough. It's always tough to see a life cut short, especially yeah, I, when they're and so I've, talented. I've never seen Boardwalk Empire, but it is now at the top of my list of, of yeah. the next show that I'm going to watch when I, I start a new show. Yeah, I've never seen Boardwalk Empire myself, but I, I did watch Lovecraft Country, which, I mean, only one season. Um, but wow. it's going to be critically acclaimed. Jonathan Majors is now like the, is going to be like the fucking Thanos of the new Marvel. You know, he's going to be the main bad guy. So wow. it's like obviously you know there's people's careers got propelled off of Lovecraft Country, especially Jonathan Jonathan Majors, um, but he was part of that. I mean, Emmy nominated for this role, and I'm sure he's going to have an amazing tribute at the Emmys. 
Yeah, I'm sure. So, and I may be fucking that up. It may be the Golden Globes, but it's it's one of the, it's one of the two big time TV awards. Um, I don't have the info right in front of me, but yeah. But anyway, I just uh, I wanted to talk about Michael K. Williams because I I literally had watched The Wire for the first time during the pandemic, and and his character Omar had really just it, it really got me. And when I found out that he had passed away um, a couple of days ago, I was just I was in shock, and I was just like, "There's no way." And lo and behold, it it was true. Um, but all right, with that that wraps up episode 210 of the TSK Show for Tyler Pacholki. I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Is. No, it, 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 like. It went out for a second to the boop, boop, boop noise. Oh, now you're back on. Oh, that's weird. Sorry, we had... No, uh, you, you went flat there for a second. <laughs> I got you. But like like I was saying, like, they're traveling down to Tampa Bay to take on the defending Super Bowl champs and the number two team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. You got... You can't oh. hear me again? Talk. Mic check, mic check. I'm not getting... Try plugging it into that one. Uh-oh, we got some technical difficulties here, folks. That was weird, though. Hello, hello. No. Nothing? I hear you perfectly. In, in your in your headphones? Yeah. Oh, fuck, they died. Oh, that must have been why. I was like, what the fuck? Here, I got to back up to it. Okay. <laughs> One sec. Dude, that's crazy because I haven't charged those in so fucking long. Damn, so they finally just died. Like, that's a good-ass battery. I just thought that because we're plugging them in, they don't, like... They don't use, use the battery. It probably doesn't use as much. Must not, yeah. Well, I'm going to leave all this in and put it at the end. As like the blooper thing that, that I've been doing whenever we have things like this happen. All right, talk. Mic check, mic check. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can hear me now? Yeah. Do I sound crazy? No, you sound perfectly normal. Sound you just turn it down. Um. Hello, hello. I just barely have it on, and it's loud. Oh wow! I think th these headphones just must be like loud. Do you want the Apple ones that I have? No, this is good. I mean, okay. it's just loud. <laughs> all right. Um. All, all right. right. Huh. Sorry. Where were we? All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna all reset. Okay. Three, two, one.